This is the Tabernacle Podcast with me, Britton Bishop. And you know what? And with Adam Sharp, because the boy's been carrying the podcast lately. What's up, bro? I can't believe you guys keep letting me on here. How, how many episodes in a row is this? Uh, I think it's only two in a row, but it's like three out of the last four, maybe. Or yeah, something like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Three yeah. out of the last four. John's on vacation again. Always. Yeah, always on vacation. You know. Who knows what he's doing? Probably just yeah. taking a nap somewhere or something Probably. like that. He's old. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get the naps in. Back hurts. <laughs> no pillows. I yeah. don't know what's going on. So who knows where John's at? Yeah. Not here. No. That's what I know. He's, he's not, not here. here. Again. Not here. Again. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> just keep going the whole yeah. episode. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, we are in a rare form. It's been a good week, busy week, uh, mm-hmm. caffeinated week, but uh, we are joined. Well, not for you. No. You're doing great, I'll buddy. I'll do that. I'm not on that drug. Yeah. You're doing great, buddy. Yeah, I'm proud thanks. of you. Uh, but we are joined today by the one and only, joined again mm-hmm. by the one and only Foster Christie. Mm-hmm. Foster, what's up? How are you? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. I love, you know, Laura and I love coming to our second home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Up here in Buckley, Michigan. We finally brought you when it's warm. Oh, yeah. like I told you guys, for the longest time, we never knew you guys had grass, uh, right? You know, it's just uh, all we saw was white. Yeah. And uh, came up here in our southern redneck <laughs> clothes. It's supposed to keep us warm, and I stole your Carhartt jacket. Yep. Yep. Never Good. gave it back. Hey, you can have it. That's yeah. all you. Yeah, That's yeah all you, you gave me your coat. So <laughs> Love uh, it. we love coming up here. It, I mean, yeah. honestly, and we tell you guys this all the time, it's, it, it is like our second home. Yeah, good. And uh, we just love love the people up here, and they love on us. And, and um, yeah, it's fantastic every time we come. Yeah, we love it. It's awesome. It's. Yeah. I know this week's been good, uh, just for me, just for my heart, I think, just the, the time you guys spent on Tuesday with our whole staff, just yeah. teaching on just these ideas of, of – intimacy with God through solitude and simplicity and silence and surrender and just that picture of, and I think as a staff, sometimes, you know, as people listen to this, listening to the podcast, like it can look like those are the people that are locked in all the time and are just in step doing everything that God's, and and I think it was just good to sit down and just be reminded of yeah. uh, intimacy with God because it can be hard sometimes as a staff member Absolutely. Uh, to get caught up in, in the do and uh, yes. not be very much. Absolutely. And so uh, I know for me, um, I was blessed this week just by you and Laura and your yeah. ministry, uh, especially yeah. Laura. Uh, not yeah. we're, we're glad you're here. Uh, no. <laughs> no, it was well, good. I think just getting yeah. to hang out and yeah. stuff like that. So and it's I think always you're good. getting a little taste of that too, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Now that you're married. Yep. So, man, you know, we like Britain, but we really we like really hope. Like hope. Yeah. We really yeah. like 100%, hope. Yeah. yeah, for sure. 100%. <laughs> I, the other day, I can't remember. Oh, it was yesterday. I, was, I had one of our students with me, and I was taking him to his house. He was grabbing some stuff, and we were going to the – our beach night and his little brother uh, he's probably like three or four comes running outside and i'm rolled down i'm seeing this kid since he couldn't walk and he comes up banging on the car window i rolled down the car window and he looks at me and he goes are you hope's husband yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes sir i am yes. he goes cool and he turns around yeah. and runs the other yeah. way so From now on yeah, bro. that's 100 hey, now on. i'll take it i'll take mm-hmm. it the that's fact right, that absolutely. she has to <laughs> I mean, I'll take that identity. Yeah, so, you yeah. definitely. I like definitely me. I'll kick my coverage in that one. So in the married, you've, <laughs> you you've entered into the married world of your head club. Yes, sir. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. but uh, no, we've had you on here uh, a few episodes. Um, right. Episode four and episode forty-four. We, right. the first one, we talked about grace, um, and it was just an awesome. It's kind of been. It's an episode that we return to often um, in referencing um, as a church. It's something that shapes, um, I think, just in your mentorship and discipleship of John and I, it's really just kind of shaped us as men. This your 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 teaching on grace and your book on grace and just the the aspect of living by grace and not just being saved by it, but living by it. And I think it's something that I think if we were to really look down at the DNA of of, of who our church is, it's something that has infiltrated that space. And uh, so it's something we return to often. So if you're 
you're new to the podcast, maybe you've jumped in, I would, I would strongly encourage you to go go way back, episode mm-hmm. four. Uh, the quality is going to be less than because we were sitting at a table with a bunch of stolen goods that I took out <laughs> of other people's offices. Uh, it was pre-Matthew, Corey, Hughes, and Benji, so it was uh, – it was bad, uh, but we it had a worked. podcast. So, it worked. Um, but no, Foster, you, you shared and taught on that. And then episode forty-four, we had you and Laura, and you guys came. And you guys talked about marriage and just right. and, and just the aspects of that. And I think it was just so. If you haven't checked those episodes out, I would strongly encourage you. Four and forty-four, easy to remember. Did that on purpose? No, we didn't. Uh, <laughs> so, and now we're jumping in today on episode one hundred and eleven. Yeah, so whatever I, yeah. math. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they had to go. They had three, so three, four. I don't know, but. I don't know. I'm lost. But we're going to jump in. I'm excited about this one because this is something that our listeners at the Tabernacle love, and it's changed life stories. Right. And so uh, we've 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 been punched in the face by Foster a bunch mm. of times. So now mm. I want to hear about all the things that punched you in the face that oh. got you to this moment. <laughs> uh, so no, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, change life story, Foster Christie, episode 111. Um, so kind of, I don't know. Take us back. Where did that kind of all start? Where were you born at? Family and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I was born in Birmingham, Alabama. Dad and uh, mom grew up in Birmingham. Okay, and um, you, you being a football player, you would you'd appreciate this. Uh, Dad and mom actually went to school at uh, Woodlawn High School with mm-hmm. Bobby Bowden. Okay, who, who used to coach it at Florida State. And, you know, was mm-hmm. just world famous. Yeah, and um, all of our family, a lot of them still live in Birmingham. Mom and dad were buried right outside of Birmingham. Uh, both of them have passed now, but. Um, uh, Dad went to UAB, University of Alabama in Birmingham, and uh, dragon ride or something like that. Hmm? What's their mascot? Is it, I think it's a dragon. Is I don't it? Remember? I don't know. I, f- I forget I what know. it is. Yeah. But uh, and then he never graduated. Dad's brilliant. Dad was one of the most talented, smartest guys. Could take wires out on the interstate and make them do something. You know, he's just brilliant. <laughs> but he didn't graduate, and uh, he got a job with NASA. And so two months after I was born in Birmingham, we moved to Huntsville, Alabama, which is north, about two hours north in, in uh, Alabama from Birmingham. And uh, dad, you know, that generation, dad worked for NASA for almost 40 years. Jeez. Wow. And, uh, um, and so do at NASA? we moved. He was a, this is another thing about that generation. Right. You know, that people would ask me, he said, well, what does your dad do at NASA? And I said, or where does your dad work? What does he do? And I said, he's a systems engineer. And then I found out I found out from Dad's brother, his youngest brother. Well, Dad was a guy that if something went wrong when they were shooting rockets off all the time, going to the moon, mm-hmm. Dad was the guy. If something a technical difficulty during the countdown, he would see it and he would stop the whole thing. Huh. Wow! And I find out that one of the atomic bombs, Dad was involved with with that. They put him on an airplane with with the pilot. He's the only person on the airplane. And they flew him to do something, whatever he did. Jeez, that's to, crazy. Yeah, yeah. And this is all from his younger brother telling me all this. Wow. But you know that generation, they just didn't that, yeah. talk about it. They didn't brag on themselves. And, mm-hmm. and so we just knew he worked for NASA. And that was about it. You uh, know, and, you know, the, uh, the guy who established it, Werner Von Braun, I, we had a chance to meet him. And Dad took us out there to, uh, uh, to see uh, mock-ups of the, the space shuttle which is just unbelievable, hmm. you know, as, as a kid. And, so, and cool. so, you know, we st- I, we'd go to Cocoa Beach sometimes. That would be, we'd go for a month during the summer. Hmm. Dad would go to work. We'd stay at the Satellite Motel <laughs> on Cocoa Beach. Hmm. And um, 
30, 40 yards from the beach. And we'd go out there and just, you know, it'd be like a baked potato. You just have oil on you. There's no suntan. You know, it's just oil, you know. And I would stand out there and just watch those rockets go off, and the beach would just wow. would just shake. You know, it was unbelievable for, for, for so a kid. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was cool. And we watched some go up, you know, test, test shots, and they'd go up and blow up and fall in the ocean. The whole ocean would turn orange. Huh. Wow. And um, yeah, at that time, you had un- no idea your dad was in there in, in control. Right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, to show you uh, these, what these astronauts were made of, there'd be sometimes, and you can imagine all the components, oh, yeah. especially on those big Saturns. Mm-hmm. And uh, something would be go- going wrong. It wasn't anything major. And dad would, you know, getting ready to stop everything, halt everything. And some of those astronauts would say, they called him Chris. His name was Jim Christie. Mm-hmm. And so they called him Chris. They'd say, Chris, let it go. Hmm. Don't stop it. Let it go. <laughs> you know, and it was just, they were just. Just wanted to launch. A different breed. Yeah. 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 They were just a different breed. Man. And, and so um, we moved to Huntsville and, and um, uh, I still go to our old house. Uh, Laura's mom and dad still live in Huntsville. And, well, right outside of Huntsville. And when we go, I go by my old house where we grew up. Hmm. It's 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 a rental property now. And you know you know how it is. Everything just looks smaller. Right. The big hill yeah. we used to ride our skateboard yeah. down. It, it, I, we thought it was like humong. It was just like flat. It looks flat, <laughs> right. you know. Yeah. And uh, and that's where we grew up. There's kids all in the neighborhood. You know, don't come in till the street lights come on, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, some great, great memories. Mm. Great memories. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so um, we grew up there. I mean, you know, across the street was Robbie Mills right next door, Jeff and Larry Thompson. And, and I could just name yeah. the people, the, the boys in the neighborhood and the houses. You know, it was back in the day where you could, we'd walk to the store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'm um, dating myself, but just, <laughs> and, and mom didn't worry about it. Yeah. Didn't worry about it. That's cool. You know, would you say you grew up? Would you what, would you classify kind of like you grew up in a Christian home, or was that kind of a priority for your family? Or? Well, uh, when we went to church, uh, it was mom kind of mm-hmm. pushing it. Dad, dad was not too much of a church goer. Dad loved us. Yeah, he was a great dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, 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 but when we went, we we would go to a Methodist church. Mm-hmm. But that was just kind of almost like. Christmas and Easter kind of yeah. thing, and mm-hmm. it really wasn't wasn't a part of mm-hmm. of my life or, yeah. or our family's life. I had a great mom and dad that loved us. Yeah. You know, they were committed to us, committed to each other, and we knew that. Yeah. But uh, as far as Jesus and God yeah. and church, it just wasn't. Right. You know, uh, and as we started getting older, we stayed stayed in that house till I was a freshman. Okay. In in high school, and then mom and dad built the house um, on the southeast part of of Huntsville. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's actually where my brother and his wife, they live in mom and dad's house. Because mm. oh, right. cool. uh, when mom and dad had to go into assisted living, mm-hmm. they never sold it. Mm. And and so they, and of course, they've done some renovations and stuff to it, and it looks really good. But, uh, you know, mm. we, uh, uh, yeah, we stayed in that house till my freshman year. How many siblings do you have? I've got one younger brother. Okay. He's uh, about three, three years younger. Gotcha. Yeah. Mark. Awesome. Yeah. And, awesome. Yeah. And so, uh, 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 it was just, you know, <laughs> this is way before your time. It was, it was really almost a, a leave it to beaver kind of, oh, kind yeah. of life <laughs> really. And, uh, we, you know, cause back in, back in those days, uh, if you did something wrong, 
the mom up the street was going to whoop you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't just worrying about no, your mom. No. No. Yeah. Well, you get whooped there, and then you go down yeah. to your house and you get whooped too. <laughs> you know, and, and mom, boy, she, mom would take a fly swatter, man. Oh, man. She'd grab my hand. She'd you know, and so just that's learn. where you got it. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Breaking out our windows down <laughs> yeah. in the basement. Yeah. Killing, flies. Yeah. Killing flies. He's having flashbacks to his mom. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But, you know, and uh, I mean, she just, you know, uh, and one of the cool things about my mom is that, you know, she was in assisted living. Dad died about seven years before she did. And mom almost set a record in that mm. assisted living. She was there almost nine years. Mm. Wow. And and so, uh, and when mom passed, it was about, uh, it was last April, mm. April 27th. And my brother and I were cleaning out her apartment, and and almost everybody said, "Man, we're gonna we're gonna miss Miss Janet. Mm-hmm. We're gonna miss Miss Janet." And at one point, she she was kind of like the assisted living evangelist. Huh. Yeah, people were coming and asking her questions and about the Bible, and okay. and and we had some fantastic conversations. And and you know, again, uh, that generation, uh, you know, when Dad died, Mom, I never saw her cry. I said, Mom, I never, I never saw you cry. You know, when Dad had open casket there, and she just, she was, uh, just had her hand on on Dad's face, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of stroking his, yeah. his face. And I said, Mom, you never cried. She said, Well, I, I, I cried back by myself, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it was just, just the way they did it. Yeah. But, um, and Mom, you know, you had to do certain things within the assisted living, mm-hmm. and and Mom really couldn't do it that well. Yeah. And uh, they knew that, but they loved her. And I told the director there, I said, listen, I know mom couldn't do certain things, but I said, I really appreciate you letting her stay. And she said, well, we love Miss Janet, mm-hmm. you know. That's uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, it was just really awesome because mom went down fast. Mm. She did. Yeah. But uh, um, um, so, yeah, early, early on, Jesus wasn't, wasn't much yeah. of a part of our uh, again, great mom and dad. Right. Athletics yeah. was a huge part. Dad was a legendary coach in baseball. Okay, mm. uh, at at the Southeast YMCA. I mean, mm. we would go years without being beaten on baseball. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and um, I was I can imagine because I have just I have one older brother and now I have a little sister, but that was much younger than me. But for a long time, just two brothers. I can imagine the rivalry. That happened in that oh. space, with especially with athletics being at the forefront. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean the wiffle ball game. Oh you man, name it. Yeah. man. <laughs> you know, and and you know, I can remember Dad in the backyard hitting fly balls. Yeah, because because back in the day, you could see from the our backyard all the way to the railroad track, yeah. which was about a mile and a half down. We used to watch the rain come across everybody's mm-hmm. backyard. Now every yard is it's just fenced. That, yeah, it's right. fenced. You yeah, know? Right. And and um, but Dad. Just time and time again, hitting fly balls, hitting fly balls, hitting fly balls. Man, I used to get so mad whenever we'd be out in the yard, and it'd be the day that we needed to work on grounders. And yeah. I'm like, no, fly balls. <laughs> yeah. Get that thing as high as you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but and Dad was just – everything Dad did, uh-huh. he was great at it. Yeah. Dad never had a lesson in his life. He saw a, little, uh, a picture in a National Geographic of an old old man, and Dad painted it. And we've still got it. It hangs up in in the in their house today, oh. and it looks exactly like the picture. And um, we've got some charcoal pictures that he painted of of our our coat or drew of my brother and myself. <laughs> and they're still in the garage down there. It looks yeah. exactly yeah. It was like mm. when we were in third and fourth grade, and they're they're huge, almost the size of this table. Dang. And yeah, and he just did it. It was at the old house. I remember him doing it. Had the little picture sitting right there on the easel. Wow. Yeah. And Dad just drew it. 
Charcoal. Yeah. That's cool. He was just talented, you know? Mm-hmm. One of those guys, just yeah. really talented. So did you play for him playing baseball? Did you play yes. baseball growing up? What yes. sports did you yeah. do? Yeah. Uh, I'm a little uncomfortable, but but yeah, I was actually a better baseball player mm-hmm. than I was anything. Yeah. Okay. And uh and so uh there would be times I had a pretty good fastball. There would be times when uh if people knew I was gonna pitch, they wouldn't come <laughs> on the opposing team. Yeah, wow. I could see that. I, I had good control. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't that like they were Right, but um, and just yeah, and and so as as I got older, though, f- you know, football, yeah, you know, especially where you lived, yeah, yep. in the south, and and uh, I was in high school. I, I did football, did baseball one year as a freshman, and then uh, ran track, but I had to get out of baseball because it was the same time as as track season, gotcha. mm. and so I used track for football, just to train, right? Yeah, to train yep. for football. Yep. And played basketball as, as yeah. well. So you know, back in the day, I, you know, we didn't have the travel ball stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and soccer was really not mm-hmm. even. Well, you got a soccer on jersey on now. You yeah, do. I mean, yeah. If you, want talk about, if you want to talk about honoring your host, yes, that's a beautiful picture of it. Yes, <laughs> yeah. John. John, he, you know, and there'll be times I've actually watched the uh, the World Cup in honor of John. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting. I'm sitting. In, that's probably where he's at right now, yeah, watching soccer. Or something. Yeah. Uh-huh. He ain't here. Yeah. He ain't here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah. John asked me, he said, "Man, what what colors you like?" I said, "Well, black and white." Yeah, and he, and he told me he said, this Newcastle United. He said, "Man, their fans are just like a bunch of renegades. Yeah. And they're great." And uh, and so he got me this, and I, That's awesome. it. So I, I love it. I love it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's cool. So you, yeah. so freshman year, y'all move and yeah, uh, settling yeah. on that. Kind of high school went because that's kind of what we see in Adam and I doing in student ministry. Kind of freshman years when students kind of settle in this place of like, all right, now I'm going to decide who I am. I'm right. going to start building this identity right. out. I'm going to start building kind of the perception that people have. You start to become a little more aware because uh, you know middle school you got the kid that's like right. doesn't wear deodorant, doesn't really give a crap, just wants to play <laughs> right. with his friends. But then high school you start to become a little more aware that people are watching, that people are looking, and you start forming that identity and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So in kind of those years, ninth through twelfth grade, what did that forming that identity out? Yeah. And, and stuff like that. How, how did yeah. that unfold in your story? Well, you know, just to back just back up just a second. Yeah. You know, middle school. We back in the day it was junior high, okay. seventh mm-hmm. and eighth yeah. grade. Yep. You know, sometimes they it's sixth through eighth, but mm-hmm. ours was seventh and eighth, junior high, and um, all those got most of those guys went from that same junior high to the same high school. Yep. So and and you know you're a big guy, and, and a lot of those guys they were big guys mm-hmm. back in the day. And Anne Marie, when she looks at our, our oldest daughter, when she looks at our yearbook, mm-hmm. she said, Dad, you guys look like men. <laughs> you know? And and so, um, you know, you start realizing, okay, I'm I'm pretty good at this yeah. kind of thing. And so, you know, once sports became more and more of a thing, yeah. uh, as far as any kind of church, man, it, it was just non-existent. Gotcha. I mean, non-existent. And, and, and so we just focused on athletics mm. and I set baseball down because things started being all about me mm. and I began to just really focus on me and realize, golly, you know, if I'm, you know, when you're good at something, all of a sudden some doors start opening up and, and you just, mm. and it just, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I see today sometimes with, with some younger pastors mm. that are really effective communicators and it, Man, it's just too much too soon, you know. And there's nobody yeah. walking with them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just too much accolades, too yeah. much this. And anyway, 
Yeah. And and so um, our freshman team in football, before the year ever started, we said we want to go undefeated, untied, and unscored on. <laughs> wow. And we did. Dang. Geez. We're one of the few teams in Alabama history that nobody ever scored on us all year. We, I think we played nine games. That's incredible. They never – yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of uh, – Luck living under Christ's kindness. <laughs> there, was a, there was a lot of luck. I mean, a whole yeah, lot of luck. I mean, yeah. like a couple of times, you know, went right through their hands in the end zone yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. But we went undefeated. Living under Unt- Christ's kindness. You know, and unscored on. Mm-hmm. I think there's like five teams in Alabama history to ever do that. Dang. And that was, was that Huntsville High School? That was, it was Grissom High School. Okay. It's actually named after, uh, it was Grissom, White, and Chaffee. There were three astronauts in, in one of the, uh, Space flights okay. that were that were killed. Mm-hmm. Their their uh, the rocket never got off the launching pad, and they had a, an oxygen atmosphere inside the capsule. Uh-huh. And there was a spark, mm. and yeah, and it just flamed, yeah. and 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 they were killed. Okay, and so because they have that big NASA facility there in Huntsville, they named schools after Gus Grissom. Uh, White and Chaffee. Gotcha. So and ours Grissom was Gus Grissom High School. Gotcha. Okay. And it, you know, back in the day, I'm mean, we're talking, we graduated in '76. I mean, our graduating class was 700 something. Hey. And we had, Good I think, around 2,000 people. Yeah. In the high school, you know, back then. Yeah. So it was it was a big draw for sports and yep. and that kind of thing. And uh, you know, it's it like Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When when Fridays came at our football stadium, I mean, it was packed. Yeah. And that was the place to go. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, we, we do our freshman year and then go to my sophomore year. And um, uh, second week of practice, I break my ankle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back, back then, uh, if you're a sophomore, you really didn't play varsity. You know, right. they had junior varsity. Mm-hmm. But uh, several of our guys were – we had some great athletes. And, you know, little parentheses – by the time we were seniors, it was nothing uh, to have Ole Miss, LSU, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi State coaching. I mean, fifteen scouts watching us practice. So, like legit Friday night. Yes, lights. yes. Yeah, I mean, wow. legit stuff. Yeah. And coming to our games or coming to our track meets and being up in the stands, timing us. Yeah, hmm. you know, college coaches timing mm-hmm. yeah. us uh, on our events. And so, uh, I broke my ankle the second week of practice. And was out the entire time, and man, it was a whoo. I mean, you know, yeah. when you get injured, yep. it's like you're a non-entity. Yeah. And but you know the thing, Britt, I never. God still was not. Never on the table. No, no, it was never. I never. You know, sometimes you get in that season of, of injury, and you mm-hmm. start contemplating and right. thinking, but I never did. Yeah. And it just wasn't. Just fixed it wasn't on even on the radar. Getting, which is makes me curious because you're in the South. Yeah. So it was like. Christian culture a big thing there, or is Alabama different than kind of where I exist? Like, I know it was years difference, but right. So like, because my assumption of the South is like, you guys prayed before your games, you had a chaplain, you did like right. right. Like that's kind of the assumption yeah. I have, right? But, but yeah. it, it, no, no, no. I mean, Laura, you know, I mean, she she had a great church, Whitesburg mm-hmm. uh, Baptist Church there that she went to, but yeah. I just never like was, was youth group a big deal back then to people. Well, you know, you had yeah, it was yeah. huge. Okay. I mean, just so much so, I can remember that the school would call her church mm. where she went to make sure schedules didn't conflict. Huh. 
Man, you know, hear can that? you imagine? You listening to can this, you imagine? Heron? Buckley, Buckley, you hear that? Yeah, you hear that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, which doesn't happen today. Right. No. no. And so, um, but, you know, and I just went through a lot of, it was a lot of, it's kind of like when you, when you go from high school to mm-hmm. college. Yeah. And you were, you were the big fish. Now you're a little fish right. in a big pond kind of mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. And. Man, I just I just felt like no a nobody. Yeah, when you I, broke your ankle. Yeah, when I broke yeah. my ankle, I'm on the sideline. What position did you play? I was a quarterback. Okay. And um, yeah, and and second week of practice, a guy hit me right low. Is that before the red jerseys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No safety for the quarterback. Yeah, right, 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 right. No safety for the quarterback, and hit me right on my left knee, yeah. and just turned my my foot kind of in like that, and broke broke the bone right on top wow. inside my ankle right there, and. Um, Actually went for about a week. You know, we were thinking it was just sprained, and I was just still kind of trying to jog on yeah. it and that kind of thing. And then went to the doctor. He said, "Son, man, this thing almost broke all the way through." That explains a lot about Foster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and so, and you know how it is. Oh, 100%. I mean, you, you know. Well, there's that whole piece too where. It doesn't matter how bad you're hurt. You feel like you're letting everybody down. You right. feel less than. Right. The coaches are looking at you like, well, are you going to practice or not? And you're like, I mean, there's nothing I want to do more, coach, but it hurts. Yeah. And they don't give a crap. Yeah. I mean, right. they just, they're right. not interested. Right. If you're not performing, then, yeah. and, and I think that probably, I mean, that shaped a lot of my perspectives and stuff like that right. moving you know, forward. So being hurt is one thing. Being injured is another exactly. thing, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, it's two totally different categories. I mean, you're almost happy when the doctor can finally categorize you as injured and it's yeah. not just, oh, Foster's yeah, looking around. Yeah, you're fancy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And so, uh, but still at this point, there's no. Mm-hmm. Uh, was like surgery on the table or anything like that or was no, it just a natural? No, it was just, yeah. they, they casted it. Yep. Put a cast on it. You know, this was back before. They did the surgery all the time mm-hmm. like they do today. I yeah. put a pin or anything. They just put a cast on it for like eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I came out of that, you know, I, I was thinking, okay, I'm just going to get out of this and I'm just going to start running. Right. And, man, when, you know, my ankle was about the size of a toothpick. Right. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I put pressure on my toes, that Achilles just mm-hmm. felt like somebody was driving a nail in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was painful. Mm-hmm. And so you have to go through the right. rehab and yeah. all that. but. Uh, just God and Jesus was still never, never on, never the, on the radar. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just, uh, we went to the, uh, state playoffs that year hmm. and I was able to, to suit up later in the season. But, uh, uh um, you know, that, that was yeah. pretty much my sophomore year and, uh, junior year, uh, I played running back hmm. and, uh, uh, just loved it. You know, loved it. Loved the contact. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. as a lineman, right. you know, it was just. Uh, but I just I had a lot of and a lot of bad habits in my life too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, a lot of things start coming your way as as athletics becomes a priority, and yeah. and you and you're ha- you're decent at it. Yep. And there's just some things that start opening up for you. I mean, I got stopped multiple times by the police, mm-hmm. and when I showed them my driver's license, they go, "Oh, I know you." You're right, bro. Just slow down a little bit. Yeah. Hmm. You know? Yep. And those kind of things. Oh, yeah. I remember Saturday mornings in Ulaga, you either made sure to go to the donut shop after you won because yeah. they'd be buying. Okay. Or you didn't go the whole week if you lost because you'd hear about it from all the old dudes that just sat in there yeah. and read the North yeah. newspaper and could tell yeah. you everything you did wrong. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and um, That is like Friday Night Lights. I'm thinking about the scene where the yeah. cop shows up and he's like, oh, yeah. stay out of trouble. Like, yes, yep. sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, that's, that's, that's how you did it. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, 
and we knew some of the the police officers. I mean, and we had a road out there that uh, Bailey Cove Road. We used to drag up and down the road. You know? <laughs> what was your first car? It was a yeah. Uh, we called it Big Blues. It was a uh, <laughs> it was a uh, uh, Bonneville. Had a four fifty four engine in it, <laughs> and I mean it 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 would go. <laughs> it, and we would drag race up and down, and and just you know we egged houses. And, <laughs> I remember, one, you know, I remember one time we egged a house right next door to one of my good friends. You know, we're just that smart. <laughs> and there were million dollar homes. Jeez. Wow. And, and all you could hear was just the eggs come down the house. And, you know, we left and, and we said, hey, this was like 1130 at night. Our parents were playing cards at someone's house. We said, let's go back and look at it. Smart. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And we went back and this was like 1130 at night at this point. And there's the owner of the home was out there with a hose. Oh, jeez! Because you know, if you leave egg right. on paint, it'll eat it. Yeah, it'll eat it. And so he's out there hosing his house down. And we, you know, we ducked down and and um, we came out to the stop sign just past his house, and we're laughing. And we turned left on Bailey Cove Road, and we start going down Bailey Cove. And guess who's coming the other way? <laughs> Cops. Yeah. <laughs> and he 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 goes by us, and then boom, boom, boom. He, he turns his blues on. <laughs> Whips it around, and we did another smart thing. We tried to outrun it. <laughs> we got to a neighborhood, and we stopped, and all the doors came open, and everybody just jumps out. <laughs> <laughs> and and one of my buddies just said, uh, he said, I'll just, I just got out of jail. I'll just go, I'll just go back. And he just sat in the car. <laughs> and we all run to the house where our parents are playing cards. And about 30 minutes later, We go to the door and we open the door and he's standing there with that sheepish little grin on his face and that cop's got his game face on. And he said, Boys, said, where are your parents? You know? And I'll man, I'll never forget the drive home. Mm-hmm. Dad never said a word. Mm-hmm. He never said a word. And we're driving home. I'm sitting in the back and all he did was just turn around and look at me. And then he turned back around. And bro, I melted. Oh, I, I mean, I didn't start weeping, but I, it just, it didn't hit me till he l- turned around and looked at me, mm. Britain, and it just, mm. it was just like, boom. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just, that's just some of the things, the, the just the stupid, yeah. stupid stuff invincible. you do. Yeah. Yep. You start feeling bulletproof. Yep. And, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, so you go junior year and then senior year and, and it's just, it's just, it's just escalating mm-hmm. and no God in Jesus. And, uh, you know, I, I get elected to, I was selected on the top 100 in the United States. You know, I was in the second most highly recruited player in the state of Alabama. Wow. And, uh, and so still at running back. No, I'm at quarterback my okay. senior year. All I right. make the transition back to quarterback. Gotcha. And, um, and like I said, I mean, there's just, how was recruiting for the SEC? Because there's a curi- there's a side you hear all the stories. Yeah, and then so it's, it's way different. Yeah. I mean, you know, all the stuff that right. happens today. I yeah. mean, it's not even on that scale. Right. But it was a lot more. I think a lot more hands on. Yeah. back then. Yeah, you know, of course. I mean, they're coming to the house. Yeah, uh, there's there's guys from Alabama, like five or six guys sitting around our in our den. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, Dad and me are sitting in Bear Bryant's office <laughs> talking to Bear Bryant. Wow. You know, several times. 
And uh, and here's here's something interesting, is that if you grew up in Alabama as a, as a football player, mm-hmm. you wanted to play for the Bear. Right. And I was no different. And here's the interesting thing, and just talk about the sovereignty of God, and yeah. and and just I, you look back and you see how God orchestrated and connected the dots for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole time I visited Alabama, and I wanted to go there, uh, and then when I visit, the whole time I'm there, Britain, I was not a Christian at the time. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to be. I was so uncomfortable. Yeah. The guy that recruited me, Lewis Campbell was awesome. He loved Jesus. His wife was awesome. They had sat down and had dinner. I mean, he just he was a just a quality character guy. Yeah. And they couldn't understand. He said, well, I thought he said he wanted to go here. But when I visited, I'm not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. You know, and I look back and, you know, there's no telling what would happen. Right. And, and so. Uh, Did people think you were crazy? Yeah, like your friends. Well, and all, all, that. all my, you know, all yeah. the all our relatives in Birmingham. I'm a huge Alabama fan, mm-hmm. you know, and they're thinking, well, he's going to Alabama. No, no, two questions about it. Right. And then when I visit, dang, have you ever had? You know, you had an expectation of something. Oh, 100 percent. And then when you when that you get in that thing or whatever it is, it's like, well, this is not what I thought. Hundred percent. You know, I think I can relate to. There were certain schools right? that you show up and you're like, this is it, and then you like, oh. Yeah, this, this is, is not it. Yeah, this is different. So, yeah. just something. There's personalities and just the energy you can you can catch in a locker room, especially you can catch a vibe of however it's right. going to be and where you're going to fit in that. So, I can relate to that. But so you're that's a big decision where you're going to oh. go play ball, especially at that time. Yeah. And so all that's unfolding. What are as you're looking at making that decision? What would you say was kind of influencing where Foster is going to go next? Like, what were you kind of the lenses you were looking at that decision through? Was it just football? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I mean, football became the god. Gotcha. Football became the god. You know, the other sports I played, that was just something to do mm-hmm. to stay in shape, you know, yeah. as you go through mm-hmm. the year. You know, it was none of the travel ball. Right. So you just went from one sport to the next yep. back then. Yeah. And so it was all just, you know, just kind of a leading everything to football. Yeah. And and so, um, and still, God and Jesus not even on the radar, nothing, at, not at all. Mm. And uh, I never went to church at that point. I mean, we're not yeah. involved at all. And and so um, my senior year, the the thing that that was coming to the to the the apex to the head, make coming towards yeah. the head was the all, this all star game, North South okay. All Star game. My dad and I went, watched it several years, and I said, I want to play in that. Mm-hmm. And because I was such an arrogant yeah. jerk. Uh, I want to get the MVP of that, mm. of that game. Yeah. You know, because it's all about me. Mm-hmm. It's all about me. And um, so I got the letter in the mail. Hey, we want you to come play. We had the best team in the state, did not win the state. Mm. Mm. Had multiple guys, like I was telling you, multiple yeah. guys signed scholarships, went went everywhere. Uh, you know, I, I went and visited Tennessee, which was unbelievable. Yeah. And just visited certain schools. Ole Miss mm. came down between Auburn and Ole Miss. Okay. And um, guy that recruited me from Ole Miss, quality guy, um, and uh, Coach Harold Wheeler was mm. his name. Great guy. And uh, what was interesting, he said this. He said, uh, uh, he knew how things were going to pan out. Mm-hmm. And he said, if if he goes to Auburn, this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And he said the scenario. Yeah. 
and it did. Mm-hmm. It did. And we, and because you don't realize there's a lot of politics involved. Oh, yeah. Um, in college football, especially SEC. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so anyway. Yeah. And it got the letter to play in the game, mm. the high school all star football game, and, and, um, went. And it was just, uh, practice twice a day. All these guys, it was just all north, south. You know, yeah. you didn't have the, all these other all-star games. That right. was it for the state. Yeah. Just this one north-south. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, and so. Um, so that was before the days of the Army, Under Armour, all that. Yeah. yeah, all that, all gotcha. these games. You yeah. didn't have it. And and so we just. Um, I imagine that's probably a well-attended one then if that was. Oh, yeah. Coaches everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. And. Um, Did and you so, sign before that? Yes. Okay. Yes, I'd already committed to all. Is it still January, February date for signing all that? Yeah. Yeah, and and I just I'd signed with Auburn, mm-hmm. and um, we got a picture of of you know uh, coach in there in our den. Why was home. it Auburn over Ole Miss? I just felt great about it. Just you know, feeling, again, yeah. I, I'm not. Thing. There's no yeah, yeah, just a feeling. Yep. I just I felt comfortable there. I felt like this was where I was supposed to be. Yep. And 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 so yeah, gotcha. And I love the guy that recruited me, uh, Dave Beck. Uh, coach Beck played yeah. uh, defensive back at Auburn. And, um, and so, yeah, signed with Auburn. There you go. And, and, uh, so we go through all the practices, you know, with the all-star game and, and I mean, they worked our behinds off. <laughs> I thought it was just going to be like. Just chilling. Yeah, just chilling. <laughs> uh, it oh, was yeah. not that. Hot. It was hot. Yeah. <laughs> and ironically, it was in Tuscaloosa. Okay. Yeah, it was in Tuscaloosa. We played in Denny Stadium there. Dang. Yeah. And man, it was hot. And, uh, and so one night. We had a voluntary meeting. And I don't I don't know how I ended up there, but uh, I roamed into this meeting. The guys were just sitting around, and and one of our coaches just stood up mm. and um, and start sharing his his story. Mm. And and Britton, I'm just telling you, I I you know, it was just again the sovereignty of God yeah. in my life, and uh, I'm just sitting there, and the guy right next to me, John Knox, just starts weeping. John went on to play linebacker at Alabama. And uh, one of the coaches, Danny Salmon, who, uh, little princes, I found out, because I wanted to find later, mm-hmm. wanted to find him and his wife. Yeah. And um, through somebody at Deep Camp okay. with Forge. Yeah. Uh, he said, Foster, I'm into the genealogy stuff and all that. He said, yeah. if you tell me his name, he said, I can find him. Gotcha. And he did. Okay. And told me that that Coach Salmon and his wife in the early mid nineties uh, were killed, hit head on by a drunk driver. Oh wow! And yeah. were killed. Uh, and Danny stood up and he starts sharing this God and Jesus stuff. Mm. And for the first time in my life, it was like like a knife stuck me in my heart. Mm. And for the first time, I realized I was lost. Mm. I was empty. And I needed forgiveness of my sin. And Jesus was the only person, the only way to be forgiven of that sin. And he didn't say anything about uh, justification, about right. church membership, yeah, yeah. Or about, you know, it, and I, I love what Alistair Begg says, yeah. you know, that the man on the middle right, cross, yeah. you know, well, why are you here? Yeah. Yeah, you know, to the, to the thief. Yeah, yeah. And the thief says, because he said I could come. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. And. There was none of those big church words. It was just the realization I'm a sinner and I'm lost and I need a savior. 
yeah. forgive me. That's cool. And uh, I said three words that night. I said, Jesus, save me. Mm. Jesus, save me. And, you know, uh, something interesting, you know, I've talked to you guys about the prison ministry and stuff. Yeah. And um, I shared my story at, at prison years ago. Yeah. And um, there was an 80-year-old man, uh, an inmate. And uh, underneath his sobbing, he'd been in prison more than he'd been outside. Underneath his sobbing, you could hear him say, Jesus save me. Jesus save me. Jesus save me. Yeah. And that night, I was July 29th, 1976. Mm. And uh, the game was the very next night. <laughs> and guys, it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I already signed with Auburn. Yeah. Head coach was in the stands. And I don't know if you've ever seen this. I've never seen it before or since. Okay. Playing quarterback, okay? Mm-hmm. The the center, you know how the center turns the ball. Yep. You know, the quarterback gets under yep. there like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I understand that concept, but I not very many under center snaps happen in okay. my right, right. football. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you get it. <laughs> yep. And this this center – they, his team, because you got guys from all right. different teams, mm-hmm. when they would snap the ball, instead of turning the ball sideways, they would just snap it straight back up underneath, and their quarterback would clamp his hands around the ball this way. Have you ever seen that? No, that sounds stupid. Yeah. And so <laughs> uh, he would, you know, I guess muscle memory thing, I would get up under him like this, he would revert back to just, yeah. okay, and he would snap it so you're straight. Just getting the and nose. I'm, bam! I'm getting I'm getting jammed in my fingers. We fumbled all night long, and late in the fourth quarter, I mean, I'm in, I, I started crying. I was about that point, I was sitting, to kick him in the shorts. Well, I was sitting <laughs> on the bench, and I just I'm thinking, okay, God, I've lived this yeah. incredibly yeah. disobedient life. I said, are you this big combat boots? The sky's getting yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was thinking, and I just realized that right then God was not changing. He, he wouldn't say, no, I want you to just change not your intensity, but the priority that football has in mm. your life. Because football was God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah. It was. And even back then, mm-hmm. you know, even more, you know, the emphasis of, of sports yeah. today is just. Yeah. But, um, and and I just want you to change the priority. That's cool that even just one day later, that thought is already yes. you know, shifting in there. Yes. And just yeah. the Spirit's prompting yeah. me. That that way, and and um, did you have a conversation with anybody coming out of that? Like coming out of that moment, like did you find with that, like that coach or yeah, that coach, a mentor, or guy that played went on to play tight end at Alabama. Mm. His name was Tim Travis. I mean, he was like John the Baptist kind of Christian. Okay, mm. high school, you know, yeah. we're high school kids. Yeah, and I can remember when mom and dad drove up in the parking lot before the game. Yeah, and Tim and I, he walked with me out there. I'll never forget. He ran. Literally, he ran to mom and dad to tell them, hey, Foster surrendered his life to Jesus and mm. call in his life. Mm. He ran to him. And um, and so, yeah, just there was immediate camaraderie with him. And here's something interesting. Uh, we played a benefit basketball game later, Auburn, Alabama kind of yeah. thing. And um, during that time, uh, he shared with me that he, man, he was having some real challenges in his mm-hmm. walk with Jesus. And I had it. It's interesting. I had a chance to encourage him. Yeah, that's cool. You know, just yeah. same way he encouraged me, mm-hmm. and and so. Uh, but this was this was like three weeks before I'm going to Auburn. Gotcha. And um, 
I just said, God, I've got a lot of bad habits in my life. Mm. I said, I can, I can just keep living my life and no one would ever know. Mm-hmm. Or we can do this God and Jesus thing, mm-hmm. but I need help. Yeah. I need some help. And, um, and I, I'm just telling that night, I mean, you can, you yeah. can relate. Uh, when I stood up, I didn't know all the, you know, the justification right. and all, all those church words. Yeah. But I knew that there was a peace in my heart like I'd never had before. Mm. I knew I was forgiven. Yeah. That his blood had cleansed so me and washed bad. me and forgiven me of all my sin, mm-hmm. of all my sin. And, and I was just, you know, I won't go into all the details of yeah. all the habits right. I had, you know, and, and everything. But it was just, um, had a filthy mouth. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, uh, and, and just, man, God, I just said, Jesus, I need, I need you. Yeah. I'm getting ready to go to Auburn. I said, and, um, I'll never forget back in the day we had athletic dorms called mm-hmm. Sewell Hall. Yeah. And, uh, we had a game room down there, ping pong table, pool tables down there. And, um, I was playing ping pong with a guy and I'd seen a Bible in his room. So I just, I just figured he's a Christian. Mm-hmm. And I said, how long have you been a Christian? He said, about three years. And we kept playing. And then he goes, how long have you been a Christian? It's about, about three months. And right then, we, we put our paddles down. And <laughs> this always happens. <laughs> Forty years later, you know how it said Jonathan and David, their souls were knit mm-hmm. together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his roommate, Mike McQuaig, and this, this other guy, his name was Skip Johnston, who... Uh, Give them a plug. J&M bookstores there in Auburn. <laughs> His family owns J&M bookstores. And uh, 40 years later, uh, those are my two of my closest Christian brothers I've got. Two football awesome. players. It's awesome. Two That's football really players cool. that God brought into my life. Because I'm just telling you, man, I just, I needed help. Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did. So what would, be, what would be your encouragement, I think, for maybe if somebody's listening to this, that's in that stage of yeah. they're new to this, or maybe they've been doing it for a second, but they've been doing it alone. Yeah. And so what would be kind of your encouragement to those individuals yeah. maybe listening that are in that space? How would you kind of speak into yeah. that? Yeah. I, you know, I, I wear this, this men's fraternity mm-hmm. thing. And this is, this is my prison bros. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a, a verse on it. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. 17 says, iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. And, you know, we were talking about it earlier. Yeah. Uh, just uh, the importance of men mm-hmm. being in my life uh, have it's saved me mm-hmm. at times. And and these two guys, I can't overemphasize the importance of, you know, we were talking about it earlier, of the brotherhood of men with men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it was, for me, it was so valuable. You know, I, ah, golly, you know, as iron sharpens iron. So there was so, you know, Brenton, there was so many rough edges yeah. on me. Mm-hmm. And I needed somebody speaking into my life. I needed somebody to challenge me, to encourage me to uplift me. And when, when my flesh kicked in, mm-hmm. Hey, I want to look at this, or I want to say this, or I want to be with this, this, this girl who's not a Christian that wants to be with me, mm-hmm. you know, but no, I don't think you need to go that direction mm-hmm. kind of thing and love me enough. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the thing for today. It, it, some people, well, you don't judge me or no, it's loving people enough to speak into their lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, like we talked about in, in our, uh, podcast on grace. Yeah, grace sometimes doesn't look like grace. 
you know, like my book says, grace has blood on it sometimes. Yeah. It's no less grace, mm-hmm. but it just, it doesn't feel like it. it. It doesn't look like it, but it's, 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 it's loving enough to really embrace the other person and walk through the ugliness of life with them. Mm. And these two guys have done that with me. And as I've moved through my Christian life, uh, God has emphasized the importance of men, men's ministry. Mm. You know, confused men confuse society. Yeah, mm. that's so good. And, and so uh, God brought these two guys early on uh, because there was, there was women constantly going in and out of the athletic dorm. Mm-hmm. We had curfew, but, you right. know. Yep. And, and so a lot of – there was all kind of temptation. Mm-hmm. And having these two guys in my life, man, just kept me on the yeah. straight and narrow. You know, I, I could I, – I'll share this. Yeah. Just to show you how kind of raw yep. I was. Um, we had a guy that was a um, – he said he was a – uh, a counselor kind of uh, helped us with our academics and stuff, and we didn't like him. And so we're up on the second floor, and he came up there, and uh, there, was, there was four floors in an athletic dorm. Mm-hmm. We lived on the second floor. And he came up there, and uh, me and a friend grabbed him, knocked him down. This went, so after I was a Christian, okay, mm-hmm. we knocked him down, grabbed him by his ankles, and he grabbed one ankle, I grabbed another ankle, and we held him upside down off the second floor. <laughs> And this other guy was running into us, trying to knock us down to let go of him. And, and so we ended up pulling him back, and we said, don't you ever come back here. And he didn't. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's just, right. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff, you know, that, that, just, that the Lord just had to yeah. work out of me. Yeah. And, and just uh, <clears throat> compassion for people and loving God, loving people. And, and so, um, but that's. Having those guys in my life, yeah, just that's good. It's it's it was invaluable. Yeah, I, it, I remember it was in Hayes, Kansas. I don't know if you remember this, but we were in a basement of a coffee shop. Yes, and uh, Foster had spoke at this college ministry that we were a part of, and then they was doing like a Q and A session at this coffee shop afterwards. And I'd been a Christian for probably thirty minutes, <laughs> and uh, and so me and my roommate at the time we went down there, and uh, one of my best friends in the world, a guy named Jacob, and. Uh, him and I are sitting in the basement of this coffee shop and Foster's sharing of the importance of community and accountability with a group of uh, boys at that time. I wouldn't even call us men, Um, but we're sitting around this table and he's sharing about how the Holy Spirit sometimes will just give you a gut check and that you just, this dependence on the Holy Spirit, this awareness of the Holy Spirit, all this stuff. And so my roommate and I were similar space that he's kind of sharing. Like we're in this place of like, man, we need, there's some, for lack of a better term, at that time we didn't know, but there's some sanctification that needs to happen here, right? right? Like, all right, my mouth is filthy, some of that similar yeah, stuff. Yeah. And so my roommate and I decided that if the Holy Spirit's like a gut punch, then as best friends— we'll Punch each other in it, the stomach? Oh, no, we, we decided to go arm. Okay. But for a year, if one of us did something we weren't supposed to, <laughs> the other dude—and they just progressively, like the first one, just be like a tap— <laughs> But man, you know what? I think he's hitting me harder than he used to. (laughs) So you're just progressively punching each other harder and harder. I remember, I think I told you that story later on, but legit for a year, my roommate and I decided that our discipleship process would be if you screw up, you get punched. Did it work? And that was, huh? Did it work? Yeah. I mean, hope still hits me. I'm just kidding. kidding. It's a guy thing, Uh, right? 100%. But I remember you you sharing that, uh, this this story, and it was something that early on in my faith changed everything. Yeah. Was realizing that I wasn't alone in this, that the expectation Mm -hmm. wasn't perfect. Perfection. Yes. It was just that if I would be vulnerable with some other dudes, 
um, that we could go there together and we could continue to see the Holy Spirit in them and the Holy Spirit in me kind of join together in this process and see a whole group be transformed. I don't know. Do you have any experience with that kind of stuff or that come into play? I know Fight Club's been huge in your walk. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it was – I was trying to do it alone for a long time. I mean, I grew up in a Christian house, but, you know, uh, trying to do it by myself and uh, as an adult and – and it wasn't until I got into Fight Club, you know, JV invited me to Fight Club, and I mm-hmm. got to know some dudes uh, who were willing to also be real and yeah. be vulnerable and be authentic with me. Um, and again, like you said, that love me enough to when I'm screwing up, they're gonna they're gonna talk yeah. to me about it. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, it's and and bringing the, the the scripture obedience to the scripture because apart from the scripture, you don't have a plumb line. Right. You don't have a line of of truth mm-hmm. yeah. to work off of. You don't have anything. Yeah. And so it's just, uh, you know, Paul talks in Galatians 5. He says, you know, really the greatest battle that we're going to have, and we've talked about this a zillion times, yeah. is that flesh spirit battle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to have a Satan thing every now and then, yeah. mm-hmm. a demonic kind of thing. But the greatest battle is that flesh spirit battle yeah. because yeah. it's an right. everyday thing. Yeah. It's always there. It's, yeah. And yeah, and it's always there. Yeah. And so, man, to, ha- to have men to walk with you, in life, and you know, it's like what we were talking about with Tim earlier. Yeah. Um, to that you can call. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, I read stories like we were saying of, of these other just pagan groups. Yeah. And they seem to have some kind of brotherhood, and, I, and I'm thinking, you know, as believers in Christ, man, right? The depth, mm-hmm. the depth, and you hear military guys talk about you know the camaraderie in yeah. combat, mm-hmm. and that's an awesome thing. Yeah. But yeah. I'm thinking, you know, we have a thing to the marrow of our bones and our soul yeah, a, that we share in common through the Spirit. Yeah. I mean, what a deep, deep uh, kind of uh, fellowship and yeah. camaraderie that, that we have. Well, I think we see it played out well, too, in uh, Paul and Peter's interaction when uh, Peter's getting kind of confused mm-hmm. on, wait, so what rules are we following? What rules aren't we following when who's around and what's not around? Yeah. And Paul calls them out. Yes. And I, I think we that. see yes. kind of that, that picture where he's like, no. This is this is what this is the standard we live to now. This is the plumb line. Yeah. This is the truth. Yeah. yeah. And I think that um, uh, the best articulation I've heard of it is true friendship is somebody that will fight with you, for you, and against you if necessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's nowadays we kind of friendship has just became this idea of proximity, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Foster he he likes this, and we go to this bar at this time, and we both sit here and watch this game. We're both a part of the same softball league, or mm-hmm. we work here, so we must mm-hmm. be friends now. Yeah. Right. And I think right. that we've kind of t- the value of true friendship has kind of been stripped away because we've just boiled it down to proximity like kids at the playground. Right. Yeah. Oh, you like swings? I like swings. We must be best friends now. Yeah. And right. so I think that right. the value of deep friendship is just unmatched. That's what I'm hearing you kind of communicate well, and, and, and Adam, and, you as well. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and you know, you're being in the military and stuff. I don't know if you had some of that with there, mm-hmm. but it it's the two, my two Auburn friends. I mean, there's it's that that friendship is forged in mm-hmm. blood, yep. in sweat, yeah. in in tears. And I don't I don't say that to right. to just be ooh, kind yeah. of a, a metaphorically. No, it, I mean I'm talking literally mm-hmm. in death. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've been we've experienced death together mm-hmm. uh, in multiple ways, and and so the the uh, the depth mm-hmm. is not just something that um, that we talk about. I mean, it, it's a reality. Yeah. And and uh, I can remember some of the challenges in talking with with one of my friends and um, a challenge that he had and and I called him I said I said hey 
do I need to come see you? And he would always say, oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. You know, if, if he was good. Yeah. And I said, do I need to come? Do I need to come? And he goes, that'd be okay. Mm-hmm. And I knew right then. Yeah. I'm going. My brother needs me. Yeah. My brother needs me. That's good. good. And I think it gets easier as you, as you begin to do it. And so, yeah, because I think, let me ask you, let me change this to a question. What do you think it is that stops men from being able to be vulnerable with each other to, to, to dig into those deep, intimate, yeah. real raw relationships yeah. with, with each other? Well, I think it's the same thing as the re- same reason we don't pray with our wives much <laughs> is, is that that type of thing uh, exposes, mm-hmm. for example, the prayer. I think it's because women, not because they're more spiritual, but they're just made different and and emotionally and, and nurturing and all that. And when we pray, man, it's such an inside job mm-hmm. through the Spirit that it exposes the inner chambers of our hearts and makes us spiritually naked. Mm-hmm. And we're not comfortable with that. Yeah. You know, we're just not. That's why you see in a restaurant, you see women, 10 women around the table, talking. Men don't do that. Mm-hmm. We just don't. They just make fun of each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah, make fun of each other. But it's just, there's there's a there's an intimacy thing there yeah, that we talked cool. about, you know, on Tuesday that I think the more you're able to go intimate vertically mm-hmm. and understand God as your Abba, as your Father. That's so good. And, um, and Jesus constantly you know, talked about I and the Father are one, and through the mm-hmm. book of John, I and the Father are one, and they hated him for it because that, that means he was God. Mm-hmm. And you can't have that intimacy with Abba. This is Yahweh. This is the one true God. You can't do that. Yeah. The rabbis, no. He's way up there. You can't have that intimate relationship. And I think, you know, Adam, is the more we do it vertically, you're going to see the importance of doing it horizontally. Mm-hmm. And and because you're able to go this way vertically and, and experience God's grace and his mercy, it's just it, it, it flows out of you in the way you live the Christian life and the way you love people and the way you talk to people. And God has helped me because, I, I, you know, I think we're all recovering legalists to a degree. hundred percent. You know, and, and I was such a performer, as I've, you know, we've yeah. talked about many times. Yep. And uh, a lot of that athletic illustration does not translate into Christianity. No. Some does, but a lot does not. No. Not healthily. Not, not yeah. exactly. Yeah. Good, yeah. good point. Yeah. Not in a healthy way. Yeah. And, and, and so, uh, it's, uh, man, I don't, I don't want to sound unmanly, but to fall in it. I think everybody knows you're a man. <laughs> this will win the podcast. You know, but just falling in love with Christ, mm-hmm. uh, that, that kind of love is going to flow out of you. Yeah. You know, the scripture says, you want to know what's in somebody? Stand next to them. Mm-hmm. Out of the mouth come the issues of the heart, the scripture says. And so what's important to you is going to come out of you. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking right? about us arguing about coffee the other day in Foster's Price. Like these idiots, man, they need to read their Bibles more. Yeah. <laughs> if you weren't so wrong about coffee, you'd be fine. But, no. but here, here's the thing. And this is one reason I, I love being around you guys because you guys joke a lot. You mm-hmm. laugh a lot. And, and um, you know, I, that's not me. Right. Really. Mm-hmm. And I, I love being around you guys because you guys just – or lighthearted, and, yeah. and you know how to just, you know, you ha- have a good time. I wasn't And joking. I appreciate that. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I know it maybe seems that way, Adam. But yeah. no, you know? No, I love that. But so that's a great question. Yeah. I, yeah. I, mean, yeah, I mean, does that make sense? It does. I mean, because I think we see, I, I see it a lot with some of the some of the guys that 
that were around and it's, um, they're coming to church, they're doing the thing, but they just refuse to be known, be vulnerable. Yeah. Be yeah. vulnerable. They keep everyone at arm's length and it's yeah, like, yeah. you're only hurting yourself, but it's how do you convince them that yeah, and this is what you need? That's so well articulated. And yeah. it's like, man, I wonder if we could get to a place of understanding that guy's walk with Christ. He's probably keeping God at the same distance. There you mm-hmm. go. He's probably not going there in his own relationship with Christ. And so he doesn't even understand the value because he hasn't actually experienced it for himself. That's, I I mean, that's that, that that word picture for me of, I mean, the, the more deeply I'm being known by Christ, the more deeply I'll, because I know the value of that relationship and now I can understand the value of other relationships. But I think that's, that's very, I I really, Mm -hmm. that articulation really helps just as you look at guys. And now, you know, I think for us, if you're listening to this, and, and maybe if you're listening to this, you're like, you know what? Like, I'd encourage you, if you struggle with community, um, spend some time really getting to know Jesus and who he is mm-hmm. and watch how he calls you into biblical, strong, good, healthy community. We're not just talking about having some friends that you go hang out with. We're talking about people that you're doing life with, that you're sitting around yeah. tables and studying the Bible. you got people that are there with you when you hit DEFCON 4 or DEFCON 5 or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but I think, that, yeah, I think that, that articulation really helps. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's the thing of, Internal fullness always results in external expression. Yeah. You know, and you see throughout the book of Acts about Peter, it, it'll say, then Peter filled with the Spirit, and you always see an external expression after yeah. it says, filled with the Spirit. Yeah. You know? Well, I think about even like in you and I's relationship, how many times you call me and be like, you good? Yeah, I'm good. But I've never actually been good. Mm-hmm. And you know that, but I'm not in a place to even go into community because I haven't yeah. been doing this work. And that's a mm-hmm. pastor yeah. of the church. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. I think, but We're then there are moments. Right. And I think, yeah. but there's those moments too where it's like, you know, no, man, I'm not. Mm-hmm. And it's where you come back to that place and you remember. And I think that, so it's not it, what I'm trying to articulate is it doesn't happen perfectly all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. There's ebbs and flows and there's times where something's going to happen. But I think just that remembering who Christ is and what he's done and that, the spirit of God and other people is really important to your walk as well. Yeah. And, so, and, you know, I, I just thought about something. You know, after I came to Christ, um, you know, this is back in the day when people actually wrote letters, hmm. you know. People still write letters. Herschel York. Oh, baby. Right. Yeah. 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 Hello, Herschel. You. You yeah. 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 And, and uh, <laughs> I, just, I just decided I was going to write to Dad hmm. and just share how Christ had changed my life. Hmm. And how so hard I, was that? Well— it, it wasn't. I, I just, you know, I just said, Lord, help me. Yeah. And I, I wrote it. And usually from Auburn to Huntsville, it was about a two to three day trip yeah. for a letter. And so I wrote it, put it in the mail and uh, called mom a couple of days later. I said, well, dad, get the letter. She goes, what letter are you talking about? And I, I told her mm-hmm. what had happened. You know, I wrote him and shared with him and. He said, no, nah, we hadn't gotten anything yet. This is, this is like three days. Mm-hmm. I said, hmm, okay. Hung up. I said, you know, Lord, you know the enemy does not want Dad getting this letter. I said, would you just deliver it to him? So I waited two or three more days. I said, Mom, Dad, get the letter? Oh, yeah, he got it. But it came in a plastic bag. The envelope was shredded. Mm-hmm. The only thing that was intact was the paper that you had written on. Mm. Wow. And the, the envelope was just shredded, plastic bag. Mm. And she said, he said he read it. I saw him read it, watched him read it. She said she went around 
from the den to the kitchen, got something, and said when she came back, said she said, never saw it, and never saw it since. Hmm. And uh, uh, Dad, back in the 70s, I don't know if you guys, you guys probably wouldn't remember this way before your time, uh, there's a, a disease called Legionnaire's disease. A lot of people in Pennsylvania were dying from it. Dad got it. And Dad was in the hospital. And doctor said, Miss Christie, I, we can't get his fever down. I don't know what we're going to do. And I know this, this is going to sound kind of weird, mm-hmm. but this has come from NASA engineer, Mr. Just, um, everything's got to be black and white. And Dad told me later, he said he prayed. He said, Jesus, if, if you'll heal me, I'll give my life to you. I'll surrender my life to you. And he said it was like, I know this is weird, but he said it's like he saw Christ come into his hospital room and walk over and touch him. Boom. His fever was gone. Hmm. He said he went home from the hospital shortly thereafter. Hmm. I know that's kind of kind of weird, and I, you know, but he said that's the way it happened. And this is from NASA engineer. He doesn't talk like that right. at all. And, um, you know, I watched, I watched, you know, again, that generation, they didn't talk much. They didn't brag about themselves. Were and, you in college but, when that happened? Yes. Okay. Yes. And and uh, I saw a change in dad's life. He started reading the Bible. He got a big print Bible and <laughs> he started reading. And, and uh, you know, and, and mom, before mom died, you know, I would ask her, mom, you know that you know that you know. That, that Jesus is in your heart and that he's forgiven you. Son, I do. I do. And so, um, you know, it's it's just been uh, a great comfort, obviously. Yeah, that's awesome. You know? Yeah. And, and, and so to see where I was and where, yeah. you know, you, you just, I see God's just sovereignty. Yeah. Right? And how he orchestrated, connected the dots. And just orchestrated my life. Yeah. So coming out of when did you meet Laura? Because that. Yeah. There's a story here. I think. Yeah. Oh, Laura and I've known each other since kindergarten. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, Laura grew up in Anniston, Alabama, which is two hours from Huntsville. Her family still has family in Anniston and different areas around Anniston. Um, we went to kindergarten together. Went to uh, elementary school together. Went to high school together. And she. Um, Big high school, though. So did you, like, know each other? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And we actually – you can't call it dating. <laughs> right. Right, in, in in junior high. Right. Yeah, my first kiss. Okay. And she swears somebody – Paid her. Or bet, <laughs> bet, bet me uh, okay. that I wouldn't kiss her, but it, it wasn't that way. It wasn't that way, you know. And, and, and so uh, – and then we got to high school, and Laura was a believer. And, and mm-hmm. if she was sitting right here with us, you know, yeah. she would say this. Yeah. She was a she was a believer, uh, surrendered her life to Christ uh, at nine, hmm. involved in church a lot. But as she grew up, you know, flesh tugged, and, mm-hmm. and she just she had her church friends, had her worldly yeah. friends, yeah. and just kind of pulled her away. And uh, she dated me in high school. It was not a good thing. Hmm. That was not good. And uh, and about our junior year, we broke up, and that. Uh, and she did her thing, and I did my thing, and she went to Alabama on a voice scholarship. Okay. And I went, you know, went to Auburn mm-hmm. and received Christ, and um, and 
one of her friends who she went to church with who went to Alabama said, hey, or I don't know if she went to Alabama, but she told Laura somehow through a letter or through a call, hey, hey, did you hear that Foster Christie gave his life to Christ? And um, Laura wrote me a letter. And she said, you know, please forgive me for being such a bad testimony and witness to you in high school. Mm. And um, we started corresponding, and I called her. And she said, uh, the first time that you called me, I was scared to death. But she said, after I talked with you for about two or three minutes, she said, I knew it wasn't the same person I used to know. Mm-hmm. And we began to correspond with each other. And I'm, what transformed Laura's life, um, Bill Bright mm-hmm. had, had a, a, a teaching. And so it's what I teach now. It's yeah. just it's same stuff. But it just looks different about the spirit and allowing the spirit to dominate your life and, mm-hmm. and what the filling of the spirit and, yeah. and that teaching and that yeah. truth from scripture. And as, as opposed to, I'm a, I need to try harder. I need to do better. I need to check all the boxes yeah. and, and be a good Christian. And so that transformed her life, allowing the spirit to live through her instead yeah. of her trying to live for God. Yeah. And, um, she, we started praying. She, she came to Auburn and, and bro, we sat, in a car. Big Blue? No, what Big Blue? <laughs> it, it was, uh, uh, we sat in a car out on the drill field at Auburn mm-hmm. where the band used to practice for three hours. Mm-hmm. And all we did was talk. Mm-hmm. And if you'd have told me that before, I'm going to sit in a car with a, with a woman for three hours and all we do is talk, ain't that ain't happening. Mm-hmm. And that's all we did was talk. And um, long story short, she ended up transferring to Auburn. Uh, her last, all of her, all of her a- academic stuff translated and transferred, and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, she ended up trans transferring to Auburn. Her last two years, we felt like you know, yeah, it was two total. You know, I never would have thought it's two totally different people coming right. back together. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I never would have thought that because I I was dating really serious with a girl uh, in high school uh-huh. at one point, and then she came to Auburn with me, and then I realized, man, this is. Ain't gonna work. This is not gonna work. Yeah, and um, and then Laura and I just two different people coming back together. Mm. And I mean, you guys know her. I yeah. mean, I'm in way over my head. <laughs> you know, she she's smarter than me. She mm. does so much. She does so many things so much better than me. Mm. And you know, with our ministry, life on life. Yeah. Uh, she with the platforms that we have, and I, I can't do that technology. Mm. I mean, I've got my master's degree, but I can't do it. And if Laura dies, I mean, it's just, it's over, you know, with that, with that platform. But she is just so awesome. Mm-hmm. And you guys know her. And you, mm-hmm. you, I'm not she just is. trying to build absolutely. her up. She no, is. Yeah, she is. She is. And, and Way better than you. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's that thing. We like Foster, but we really like right, Laura. Yeah, yeah. Right? Exactly. And, and so, um, yeah, to see just yeah. that, two different people. And here we are this October, be 42 years mm, we've been married. Praise God. That's yeah. cool. And That's awesome. Yeah. I think my favorite thing about Laura was I just learned yesterday when we were taking you all to lunch and Adam and I were like, you know, what? we're going to let Laura choose. And I said, hey, Laura, there's a, I mean, there's this place downtown. They got great sandwiches and salads. And she goes, oh, I'm not a salad girl. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, give me yeah. some meat. Exactly. Yeah. Give yeah. me some meat. As man. a hope on our first date, yeah. she ordered a burger and I was ready to propose right there. Oh, listen, yeah. <laughs> Laura's favorite thing, bacon wrap filet, baby. <laughs> on the grill. Yeah. Smoke. Mm-hmm. Taste and see that the yeah. Lord is good. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. So you met Laura going through college. 
well, we got a lot left we, to we go. reconnected. Yeah. We reconnected. Right, reconnected, Laura. Yeah. Went, finished those two years out at Auburn. And yeah, then... and she, she, I crammed four years into five. Nice. Same. You know, Victory I had lab. to go an extra year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to go an extra year. She went to Huntsville. At okay. this point, we, we'd been praying and uh-huh. just, you know, it's a totally different relationship. And so we'd been praying and just felt like we were, you know, yeah. we were going to get married. Mm. So she went to Huntsville and lived with her folks um, for that year yeah. and worked. And then I, I um, graduated from What was your degree Auburn. in? It was in education. Okay. I actually could have been a teacher. Gotcha. I did my practice teaching there in Huntsville. At, okay. at, uh I couldn't do it at my at Grissom High School. Okay. So I went to another high school there in Huntsville. It was called Butler High School. Okay. And did my practice teaching there. and um, But actually went into sales. Okay. Uh, and with a company at the time called Warren Shear and, and, uh, for almost six years. And You and Laura uh, married right whenever you graduated? We we got married uh, October third of eighty one. I graduated in June of eighty one. Started a new job in sales September twenty second of eighty one. Got married October third. This dude's memory 81. is insane. Hmm? He knows everybody's name, the dates. It's incredible. Dates. I love it. Um, <laughs> That's a Red Bull baby. It's called Red Bull. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and and uh, and so we moved. Went through some training mm-hmm. for about six months in Conyers, Georgia, mm. and. Um, then my territory was Orlando to Miami. Okay. And the company is commercial refrigeration. So if you go in a supermarket, mm-hmm. all the refrigerated display cases, it's, mm-hmm. you know, the frozen food, yeah. reaching door, lunch meat cases. Yeah. That's what we manufactured. It's okay. like a car assembly line. Gotcha. Start over here in sheet metal and then go all the way across. And it's got electrical paint, yeah. everything done. <laughs> and then the last year of my business, God mm. started tapping me on the shoulder about vocational, what we call vocational yeah. ministry. You know, and uh, uh, our pastors really strongly recommended going to seminary. And I was like, ah, <laughs> I've been out of school for six years. Right. I didn't want to go back to school. Yeah. And they said, Foster, you know, God can do whatever, but some churches won't even look at you if you don't have a master's degree. Mm-hmm. And so this was, this was uh, late 80s. Mm-hmm. And um, so we prayed and just, okay, and ended up going to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Or seminary, and uh, was there three and a half years. Most of the time I was there, I worked as a youth pastor. Okay, at First Baptist New Orleans, had some great, great ministry. You know, New Orleans, uh, great food, but I mean, you don't have to look far for ministry. Right, it is just in your face. Yeah. voodoo, black magic, mm-hmm. witchcraft. I mean, it's yeah, it's got it all. Yeah, like any big city, 100%. really. You know, and and so had some great ministry. Had some students that came out of that missionaries, youth pastors, mm. and um. Uh, and then from there, we really thought they were going to ask us to be, to stay. Yeah. And we kept waiting, kept waiting. Man, Laura and I, they're going to ask us, they're going to ask us. And then this church in Columbia asked us to consider. Hmm. And Laura and I prayed and felt like we we're supposed to go to Columbia. What church was that? Uh, First Baptist Columbia, okay. downtown. Yeah. And um, church in New Orleans says, oh, oh, by the way, we want you to stay. And I was <laughs> like, I was like dadgummit, you guys. You know, you waited. <laughs> yeah. What? Why'd you wait? Well, yeah. yeah. And, but, you know, again, God's sovereignty. Yep. And so we were there at Columbia for several years, and um, um, we left there after about two and a half years. And by that point, ministry. did you have any kids yet? Yes. We had Anne-Marie right uh, when we went to New Orleans. Uh, Anne-Marie was right at one year old. Okay. And then we had Lolly. Is Lolly and, her real birth name? It's actually, you know how we do in the South. Yeah, 100%. Hyphenated. Yeah. So Anne Marie Christie. So Anne Marie is hyphenated. Yep. 
you know, their their family names yep. hyphenated. And Lolly's actually Laura Ellen. Okay. Okay. And um but she they start calling her Lolly and that's nobody knows her except by Lolly now. Yeah. Hmm. And um and you you've met her you know our girls. Mm-mm. No? Never. Have you ever you've never no. met them. Anne Marie is is so much like Laura. Okay. Has that olive complexion. They're both beautiful gals. Mm-hmm. But uh Anne Marie is just f- sweet. Yep. And and Lolly's the same way. But Lolly's more like me. Lolly's still in that stage. If you want to beat her, mm-hmm. you gotta kill her. Yeah. <laughs> She's that competitive. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing about Lolly. She's got a really tender heart. Mm-hmm. And she she loves to help people. She loves to speak into people's lives yeah. and, and be there for people. Mm-hmm. And Anne Marie, here's the thing about Anne Marie though, that you would not think because she has that that sweetness about yeah. her. Anne Marie is just as competitive. They're running cross country, uh-huh. one meet. And Laura and I are standing there at the finish line. And I'm seeing all these girls at the finish line that Anne Marie and Lolly always that Anne Marie always beats. Uh-huh. And here they come, they're finishing. I'm like, where's Anne Marie? And and right on the on the back back there, about a quarter of a mile, there was a long stretch that just circled around to the finish line. Mm-hmm. And I turned around, and I see Anne Marie crawling on all fours. And found out later that Lolly passed her by, and was going to stop. And Anne Marie said, "No, nah, just keep going." Mm-hmm. And so I I run back there to Anne Marie, and and help her up and. Fortunately, it was not one of those scorching South right. Carolina days. It was, yeah. was kind of like it's been here, right? You know, a little breeze blowing and relative kind of had some coolness, or it would have been over. Yeah, don't say it's been northern Michigan people. It's scorching here. Oh, you know, is it? Yeah. Okay, it feels <laughs> like fall. To right? Us. Yeah. <laughs> Too hot. Yeah. <laughs> and and so she stood up, mm-hmm. and she just she just had a cold, and mm-hmm. and oxygen flow was just not good. Yeah. And and I said, and we walked, and I said, I said, I said, breathe deep. Mm-hmm. I said, baby, you're gonna finish this. And she said, you know, Dad. She said, until you said that, I hadn't even thought about finishing the race. Hmm. And so she got her breath, and then she just jogged on around that little turn back there and then came around to the finish. Hmm. But if she had if she had to, Anne-Marie would have probably crawled on her hands and knees all the way around to the finish line hmm. because that's what's up in her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but you'd never know because she's, she's so sweet. Is Laura competitive? Um, Laura is um, – is there is there a difference between competitive and tenacious? Because uh, you know what I was telling y'all about yeah. the platform things. Right. Uh, Laura was just tenacious. She would not give up. No quit in her. The, yeah, she yeah. wouldn't quit. And she, because she says, you know, I'm going to learn this. I'd say there's a difference because I'm probably more competitive than I am tenacious. Because I'm of the breed of if I don't think I can win, I probably just won't play. You won't do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And and but Laura <laughs> Laura's tenacious. Yeah. And she just, you know, she's going to take it and finish it, and yeah. she's going to she's going to do it until I I get it done. Yeah. And and I just so appreciate that in her. Yeah. Especially when it came to these the platforms that we right. were using with with life on life. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, I, I can't believe you guys have never met Amory and Lolly. Mm-mm. Yeah. But uh, and Lolly's about to compete in a, a CrossFit, a mm-hmm. statewide CrossFit Dang. event. This week, and we're actually going to go see her. That's awesome. And um, you going to watch it? Yes, that'll be cool. The one she competed in about a month ago, she won it. <laughs> wow. It was it was more of a local, which yeah. if you if you placed in certain. So if she wins this one, does it go to national? Okay, which is the CrossFit Games. 
I don't know if, it, it if it's that up. big. Okay. Uh, but she won the whole thing hmm. this, the, on the on the local level. Yeah. And um, Lolly's got just her cardio. She's got a cardio engine, man. Yeah. And hmm. and she's she's pretty strong. But you know, some of those CrossFit gals are just right. outrageously strong. Yeah. But Lolly's got the cardio. But man, it's been awesome. Lolly's husband is a chiropractor. Yeah. And he they left their chiropractic group in Dallas and moved to Greenville, South Carolina. Okay. And so he's starting from scratch. And it's been awesome to watch them trust in the Lord mm. from scratch. Yeah. From scratch. And uh, Lolly's husband, Austin, is uh, uh, just loves Christ. Mm. And he's so good at what he does. He's smart and he's good chiropractor at what he does. But, you know, he loves the Lord. And I've told him a bazillion times, I said, bro, listen, when people come to you, you know, because I've always said, do you get a chance to pray for them? Do you get mm-hmm. a chance to, you know, and and he says, well, sometimes I do. And, but he just, when you go to him, there's just this, ah, oh, yeah. You know, there's, there's no pretense about him. He's just who he is. Right. And it just, he just, he just gives you that open door without saying anything, yeah. mm, you know, for cool. you to, to talk to him. Can you imagine? Showing up and this being the dude on the other side of the door oh, trying no. to date a daughter. No, those I got your son-in-laws must be two tough boys. <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, let me tell you, you would not believe the answer to prayer. Both mm. of them have been. Yeah, I'm just thinking about walking in and meeting yeah. Foster and just. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Uh, it's yes, sir. Work. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, <laughs> I'm just telling you. It. You know, you talk about the sovereignty yeah. of God because there's there have been some some bumps in the road relationally yeah. with both of them. And, and, uh, uh, you know, I can remember Anne Marie dating a guy and she told us, hmm. you know, I know I'm not supposed to be dating this guy. Hmm. And I can remember sitting in the, the lazy boy chair in college with, I mean, Anne Marie in college, yeah. sitting at home with her in a ball in my lap and her just crying, huh. knowing she's not supposed to be doing this, but she is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to tell you what, what happened. Uh, she you know, she would come home and she would see this guy and we'd say, Amory, we, you know, stay out every long, however long you want to when you're at college. But mm-hmm. when you come home, we're doing family here. Lolly's yeah. still here and we're doing family. And we had a curfew. She wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. We said, there's going to be consequence. We just don't know what it is yet. And this talk about grace with blood on it. Okay. Uh, we said, there's going to be consequence. So they both, both of them graduated and went to Clemson, mm-hmm. which is two hours north of Columbia. Yeah. So we're up there visiting with Anne Marie, had lunch, and we're getting ready to leave. And we said, you know, we, we talked about there being consequences. I reached out my hand like this. I said, give me your car keys. Mm. And y'all, I'm telling you, man, right there, that, that 19, 20-year-old girl, she just melted. And just began to weep right there. And we kept her car for, I don't know, two or three months. And it was so impactful. Because we're, kind of, we're trying to say, okay, here's, here's yeah. a woman, mm-hmm. you know, not going to spank her with the fly swatter. Right. What, what? And Laura and I prayed and we just felt like that's what we wanted. That's, mm-hmm. that, that would be, that, was that would one. get her attention. Yeah. And, and uh, but we watched God. Work in that. Watch God work in Lolly's life. Mm. And Lolly went through some hard, hard relational things. Mm. Dark. Yeah. And she's given me permission at times to share some things. 
and uh, get emotional. You know, I watched Lolly grow and trust, and the neat thing is to be able to see her minister to other women who are dating these narcissistic, mm-hmm. self-centered yeah. guys and watch her do ministry yeah. out of that pain mm-hmm. and the power of the Spirit and watch God use her in that way. Yeah. You know? Beauty to ashes. I yeah. mean, ashes to beauty, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been unbelievable. Yeah. So what would you say, like in those seminary, raising your girls, kind of all those years with you and Laura and stuff, I don't know, like there's so many, I think about all the families that are listening to this that have yeah. those those moments where I think like in parenting, I don't have kids, I know you do, but there are those moments where it's like, man, this is outside of anything I can control. This yes. is outside of anything I can I can't make any like in those moments where you're seeing your girls make those choices and you're holding them in the lazy chair, but they're still going to end up doing. So, I mean, just encouraging the people listening or speaking into that aspect for people that are raising kids that are going through life that are married and, 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 and navigating still loving your spouse in those seasons and not letting that, I don't know, that all in this kind of a statement, but, uh, in all, all of that, I don't know, just speaking into that with your wisdom yeah. and your just yeah. the experience that you have to those people. Yeah, because there's times as as a parent, I mean, as a youth pastor, yeah. as a minister, mm-hmm. that that Laura and I looked at each other and we'd say, we don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I just, I remember something, rules without relationship equal rebellion. Mm-hmm. And there were times that we would look at them and say, guys, we don't know what to do either. But remember this. We love you, and we're all on the same team. Mm. We're all on the same team. Got to write that. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's the same way with, with Christ. You know, the, the religious leaders tried to put a lot of rules, and, you know, they even made up extra ones, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And said, no, you can't have that relationship with Abba. He's too, he, that's too intimate. You can't do that. And, and so the people just rebelled because they, they realized, I can't do this. It's overwhelming. And God's not a father who overwhelms his children. Right. And, and so I think the relationship, especially through the teenage years, uh, <clears throat> when they think you're really stupid, and then they get to college and they go, man, mom and dad are smarter than I thought. They knew more than I thought. You know, it's just a lot of it, and, and, and especially as, as dads, I would encourage the dads to remember that you're the leader. And, and, and moms, remember this too, that it's not a question of, of value as far as mom and dad. And it's a question of order because God set it up for the man to lead and the woman to encourage and pray and help and 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 just be a, such a vital part. It's, it's the the equality's there, right? Not ability. It's responsibility. Yeah. It's again. It's it's, it's God had His order. Yeah. And in the garden, it got that order got fractured mm-hmm. because Adam just stood, watched, and listened, and he did nothing. <laughs> what? Adam, man, I'm telling oh, you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but that order was fractured. <laughs> yeah. That order was fractured. Mm-hmm. And and so, uh, I just encourage moms and dads to be. Not only to to be with your kids, but to understand their development, and and as dads, okay, 
And this season of life, it's important for me to be like a coach. Mm-hmm. In this season, it's important to be like a mentor. And in this season, it's important for me just to kind of sit back and, and answer questions. And because and, mm-hmm. right now, we don't, unless they ask us things, we've taken some advice from some older friends of ours. We don't just, hey, Marie, you and Ty need to get Titus over here. You, get, yeah. you need to, we don't do that. Right. We're not that helicopter mom mm-hmm. or dad. Yeah. You know, we don't do that. We don't speak into things unless yeah. they ask us right. questions. But I just think it's so important to understand your the development of your kids. There's so much good material, biblical material. And and for dads, again, confused dads, confused society. Mm. It's so important. Uh, and Lord willing, you if you guys have yeah. kids and you've already got kids. To, to be actively involved and never underestimate your words. Mm-hmm. Even now, Emery and Lolly, they're 36 and 33. Even now, sometimes when, when, I, when I say stuff to them, they go, wow, Dad, thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Dad. Appreciate it. The power of Dad's words, mm-hmm. okay? With a little man out there blowing on that horn, you know, yeah. like you do. <laughs> never underestimate your words. Mm-hmm. You know, just praying with him at night. And and uh, and him hearing you pray, and I again, you know, we talk about this all the time. I encourage dads pray with your wives, mm-hmm. pray with your kids. Don't have to be thirty minute prayer, right? You know, but to and yes, be actively involved with with your children, spend time with them, but also uh, have a plan. Yeah, have a plan of of with with your son mm. that you're going to do certain things just. Just you and little man, mm-hmm. right? That you and dad, go, he and dad go off and spend some time. And they talk, and he hears you talk about Jesus just in normal conversation mm-hmm. yeah. as you're walking, as you're, you know, as you're fishing. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I remember, I think it's probably four four years ago or so, you were here, and you just stopped by our fight club. Yeah, and, uh, yes. And, and I remember you talking about just the weight that a father's words has to their on their children, mm-hmm. and uh, and I've never forgotten that because yeah. I mean I'm raising two sons and yeah you know Vincent's gone through stages that were hard they're frustrating yes. and and you're you're getting upset you're getting angry whatever mm-hmm. and I've remembered I've tried to remember that I haven't <laughs> always done it well right. yeah but I remember that that the weight of my words are gonna mm. they're gonna hold on him yes and so yes uh, yeah that's huge yeah, yeah and and something else too that that we tried to do with our girls is when. You know, when we goof, when we messed up and just did something, you know, it's like, oh man, I can't believe I did that. Right. You know, go to them and say, Amory or Lolly, just, man, dad, I blew it. Hmm. Forgive me. And for them not to say, oh, it's okay, dad. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, it's all right. No. But to, but to look at us and teach them to say, I forgive you, dad. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. I forgive you. I've had to yeah. apologize to Vincent so much that he'll remind me now. <laughs> Daddy should say sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and see, but but help them, especially because we don't yeah. say I'm sorry. We no. don't say that. No, not in our yeah. culture. No, especially as men, yeah. right? We don't. And and but just to teach those boys to mm-hmm. be this this I love uh Stu Weber, mm-hmm. former Green Beret, uh and in his book called Tender Warrior. Mm-hmm. To raise those boys See, that's that paradoxical mm-hmm. terminology, but it's what Jesus, how Jesus lived his life. Right. As a tender warrior. That's good. You know? Yeah. 
And especially in this culture, they're going to be swimming upstream regardless. You remember he told the apostles, they hated me. They're going to hate you. Right. Yep. And so teaching those boys to be tender warriors, yeah. you know, Lord willing, you guys have, have, have kids. If you yeah. have boys, teaching them to be tender warriors. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So with, within that, like raising your family, seeking to, to have girls that love Jesus and, and worship him and stuff, what were some kind of like some rhythms or some practices that you and Laura just decided like, you know what, like these are going to be some things that we're going to go into church together, whatever that looks like. What did that right. look like for you guys? Like as you were kind of doing Well, we that. would do devotions okay. at times and, 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 you know, especially when they're, you know, your boy's age. Yeah. You can't do a 30 minute devotion, right? Wow. Right. And so when they got to where they can read, we would have them just read some scripture. Yeah. Or like when they're little man's age, we would say, okay, you know, we would talk about faith and mm-hmm. trust. Mm-hmm. And and what's the little man's name that was blowing on the horn yesterday? Vincent. Vincent, yeah. yeah. You could say, hey, Vincent, you know, you're at the dinner table. You finished dinner. Hey, Vincent, stand up on the table. Get him to stand up on the table with his back to you. Say, I want you to, okay, put your arm, fold your arms, close your eyes. And I want you to fall off the back of the table. Dad's back here. He's going to catch you. And you know, and then, ah, and you just teach about trust. Now, did any of the girls ever do it when you weren't there? No. <laughs> they may have. Yeah, that might be the difference yeah, of boys. Yeah, Vince yeah. will be in there. Yeah. Right, I'll yeah. see if dad's good ah, now. Yeah. You know, I know what we're doing tonight. Yeah. yeah. yeah he swan died. Falling off tables tonight. Yeah. But, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. That's just, that's yeah. interactive. Mm. And, and, um, and, and, you know, I think, too, praying. And, and Lolly, when, when she had a little, thing going on, a little speech thing going on, and she would, I can remember her, she would say, and Lord, help mommy feel better, help daddy feel better, and, um, but just, I think, you know, praying, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's mm-hmm. just developing that habit now, yeah. you know, you and Hope, mm-hmm. you know, praying together often, doesn't mean you have to, not every right. day, but making a, and not just a habit, mm-hmm. but just sometime during the course of a day, you and Hope just praying about certain things. Yeah. You know, you've got things to pray yeah. about. You know, and, and 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 you and your beautiful wife, Sam, just you know, just praying together. Mm-hmm. I, guys, I can't tell you how important that is, and just how they know because you're what you're doing. You're banking spiritual trust. Yeah, that Sam's going to know. Okay, when this thing happens, I can trust that Adam is going to be looking to Jesus. That's good. Mm-hmm. And so you're banking that trust. Right. Yeah. You know? And and so and two, when I was in upstate New York speaking one time, I asked a guy when this was a long time ago. And I said, um, I'm relatively young, new married, have a couple of little girls. I said, What would you tell me as a young dad, father, husband? He said, he said, Bro, let me tell you. He said, I'm I'm pretty um uh I spin pretty spendthrift. You know, I spend just recklessly sometimes. And he said, my wife has saved our behind multiple times. And he said, I, I would tell you this. Listen to your wife. <laughs> Listen to your wife. And uh, I'm still seeking to do that. You know, after almost 42 years of marriage, because you guys are like me. You guys have great wives. They're awesome. They love the Lord, and they want they you know nobody is for you and loves you other than Christ like they do. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, 
I would encourage you, and those you know people that are listening to us right now, um, listen to your wife, because mm. uh, I, I know Laura just you know she loves the Lord, wants what's best for me. Yeah, I was going to ask that. So because we have a lot of listeners that are female audience as well. Yeah. What are some characteristics that maybe Laura led with as a mother and as a wife that you look back on and you're like, man, I'm thankful that she stepped in and her character shined through in these moments. Like what were some of those things that you remember her intentionally doing that? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, one huge scenario was when I, I got testicular cancer mm. in at seminary and, um, you know, okay, I'm going to die. Uh, and Anne-Marie was little. And just just Laura's stability and trust in the Lord and praying for me. Because I'm, you know, I'm at seminary. I'm going to school, trying to be a husband, a father, a student. I was youth pastor at the time. And so, um, and then bam. And so Laura's stability. And, I, you know, sometimes... Uh, it's almost even now, periodically, uh, I would feel like we would almost in competition with each other mm-hmm. sometimes. And, uh, but uh, Laura has her willingness to, to be filled with the Spirit, or in other words, to be controlled by the Spirit, uh, and her growth in that area. And I would encourage the wives, because, you know, part of the curse is not only the increased pain in childbirth, and we kind of stop there, mm-hmm. but we don't say the other part of the curse for women is they they will seek at times to usurp the husband's mm-hmm. authority. Mm-hmm. And Britain, I see that all too often, mm-hmm. and it's because men are passive. Right? Sociologists tell us that spiritually and socially, men have a tendency to be passive, and so they're passive spiritually. The woman detects that. And they want to just yep. take charge. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not doing it, so I'm, and and then the order's fractured again. Yeah, but Laura's stability and her trust in the Lord, uh, just over the years, has been so vital. And to watch her as a mom, we chose for her to stay at home, mm-hmm. and and for her willingness to do that, um, to stay at home and and to to be with Emery and Lolly and teach them. And, and train them, um, that's something that, that we've lost. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, don't, I, I saw in Orlando, I saw a lot of single moms that couldn't stay at home. Mm-hmm. They had to work. Yeah. You know, so I'm not going to hammer on that, right. that hard. Yeah. But um, we just chose yep. to do that because we had the, we were together, had the freedom to do that, and we did that. And so I think her stability and her willingness to love me and encourage me, uh, you know, know, we were talking about this the other day, you know, uh, some coaches, I don't know why they feel like just dogging you all the time is encouraging. Yeah. And, and so to have a wife that, that is encouraging. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. I mean, it's just like, and that encouragement hits different as a dude. Doesn't it? When hope tells me something, it's completely different than if you say it. Right. I mean, because she's the one I want to live. You know what I mean? She's, I mean, and getting to hear it from her. Oh. That'll make you run through a brick wall. Won't it? If she told me I could do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And so, wives, I just encourage you to, you know, to encourage your husband. 
Yeah. Because it's it's such a, a breath of fresh air, just what Britain yeah. was saying. It's so – just yeah. it fills your lungs and like, man, mm-hmm. I can run a marathon. 100%. Right? Yeah. And, and But to see her stability, to see her commitment to the word, mm. much more than me. Her, you know, I'll be getting up and, and she's down in, in the little gold chair that we got from Sam's Club <laughs> down in the den. Every morning I, I could see her sitting in that chair uh, reading the word. She was involved in, uh, I don't know if you guys have it up here, community Bible study. Mm. It's like BSF. Mm. Uh, okay. And it's just they just focus on the word and teach the word. Yeah, and it's a fantastic ministry, uh, uh, community Bible study, mm. and she was a leader in that for for years. Mm. And just uh, you know, and I, I can remember Billy Graham saying often, "The Bible says," mm-hmm. you know, and we've gotten away from that. Yep, mm-hmm. we've gotten away from that. It's just it's just man's wisdom, man's philosophy. Yeah. What Paul said you need My to ideas. get away from. Yeah, you know, yep. and that's what I appreciate about the tab. Yep, is is. You know what Paul told Timothy? Preach the word there in Ephesus. Mm-hmm. You got all these, you got women getting saved now, and he didn't know what to do, and he didn't go to seminary. And he, but he said, preach the word, Timothy. I know you're getting discouraged, but preach the word. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I love that, man. I think, I don't know, there's just so much that we could keep going for hours and hours, but you'll be back. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, I, but I think there's just so much to glean from this podcast just in – committing to Christ and surrounding yourself with biblical community. Um, I think just a commitment to, to continue preaching the word to your family, to your, in your relationships. Um, yeah. And trusting God and being controlled um, and filled with his spirit and allowing that to lead yeah. and guide your life. But I don't know, man, I just appreciate you. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. yeah well, just, I love you guys. And this, absolutely. you know, I've said it and, and Lord, I mean it. Mm. This is like a second home for us. Yeah. I mean, you guys are family. Mm. You know, you guys are family, and and uh, you know, I just it's been great to to reminisce and just right. share some of them, share my story, and just yeah. how God and His sovereignty, just how He chose me. You know, I'm mm. I'm coming from that yeah. more of a reformed yep. perspective, you know, and and that uh, He chose me f- before the foundation of the world. Yeah, and um, and just I've never been the same. Yeah. It's been it's been that like you you said the word the sanctification process yeah. of growing and struggling and and but uh, what is it Romans five it talks about that uh, the produces something yes yep. struggle produces character which yep. produces hope mm-hmm. and, endurance which produces perseverance yes yes, yes. Yeah. and yeah. and so it's it's been you know it's that's good. what it's been yeah it has been and but but Christ has walked with us that's good as a family as a husband and as a father and. Just individually, yeah. when I first became a Christian, yeah, right before I went to Auburn to play football, yeah, you know, it's awesome. Is there, I mean, little last statement for anybody listening, encouragement you'd give them as they're seeking to follow Jesus, and yeah, I, you know, I would say I would encourage Christians, uh, you know, what this this the two verses that that we. Memorize, you know, the second day we're a Christian. Proverbs, and these are verses that I go through my head when I get up in the middle of the night and get back in the bed, and my mind might start racing and I can't go back to sleep. <laughs> Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 has become just so important, where it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. And what, what I told those men out in Colorado a few weeks ago, 
I would, I would say to the, those who are listening right now, just remember to say three words as a believer the rest of your life and seek to embrace these words. Jesus said it, Moses said it, Elijah said it. Those three words are taken from a Hebrew or transliterated from H-I-N-E-N-I, the Hebrew word Hineni. And those three words are, here I am. Hmm. Be willing to say, Lord, here I am. Yeah. Here I am. I'm yours. I surrender. Here I am. And it will be challenging. It'll be some of the most difficult times. It will be some of the greatest depths of grace and love and and intimacy with your heavenly father that you've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. Being willing to say those three words. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks for being on. I can't yeah. tell you how much uh, you and Laura mean to mean Samantha and. Yeah. Yeah, we're Thank just you. every time Thank you guys you. come, it's a it's a blessing, and yeah. we look forward to it. So, yeah. and, and we I mean, too. we got you. Yeah. We got change life story to college, so we will have to do. Yeah, we'll do part, part two, two next that. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Hear about what happened after seminary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, no free shout outs. Red Bull, uh, Foster would love a sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, uh, he likes the yellow ones. The yellow ones yes. in particular. Uh, so, no free shout outs. Red Bull, uh, it's summertime in Michigan. I haven't had very many brats from the Dublin store. So, my oh, Wellston yeah. fam that's listening yeah. to this, no free shout outs. But I'm just saying, mm-hmm. if you're grilling out, you need a good, nice little brat. I hear the Dublin store is a good spot. I don't really remember. I haven't had one in a year or so. I had one a couple weeks ago. They're phenomenal. No free shout outs. Phenomenal. I uh, love it. Man, Foster, we appreciate you, man. Uh, thank you, Ben. Thanks for riding through it, brother. And uh, Tab family, thank you so, so much. Uh, we're starting our Titus series here soon here at the church. Uh, we'd love for you to come join us in person. Uh, remember, Camp 23 is coming up. If you haven't signed your kids up for that, uh, VBS is coming up in yep. August yep. and baptism. So Tab family, if you're listening to this, we love you. We're excited that you're a part of the family. And if you're listening to this and uh, you're not around, yeah, but you, but this has become a resource to you. Thanks so much, but we encourage you, find a local church that you can mm-hmm. go to, that you can belong to, that you can be mm-hmm. known and have community in. And until next time, this is Adam and Britton, Benji and Foster, signing off. <laughs>